following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hailing frequencies open. Which allows for instant written communication. The ring has awoken. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, with Dave Nelson. Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, with your host, Dave Nelson. Coming up on the show, we'll be talking to author S.C. Flynn about his new young adult novel, Children of the Different. Anessa from the Alien Invasion podcast, along with Elsner's Gregor and Corey, will be here to discuss the new fall TV season. Then Gregor will talk about exploding kittens. But don't worry, it's only a game. We'll also have Mark's review of the new Blair Witch movie, Peter's app review of Gas Cubby, Daryl explaining Space 1999, and next week's comic book releases. That's all after we find out what made the headlines over the past couple of weeks right now. Headline news of vital, significant events from every corner of the earth. Spoken you, brought into your home, your office, even into your car as you speed along the highway. Star Trek fans counting down the days until the premiere of the new series, Discovery, are going to have to wait a little bit longer. Originally slated for a January launch on CBS and its digital streaming service, CBS All Access, the debut of the 13-episode series has been pushed to May The reasoning for the five-month delay, according to CBS, was to give the creative team appropriate time to deliver the highest quality premium edition of the new Star Trek series. Frankly, I'd rather see them take their time and do it right than rush something out half-assed. The suburban house that starred on screen as Harry Potter's childhood home in the movie series is on the market complete with a cupboard under the stairs. The real estate agency says the three-bedroom house in Bracknell, located 50 kilometers west of London, has recently undergone complete renovation to an extremely high standard. It's listed at 475,000 pounds. If you had the money, would you purchase this home? One of the most ambitious projects in the development stages at SpaceX could even be more ambitious than previously thought. CEO Elon Musk revealed on Twitter this week that the company's Mars Colonial Transporter can go well beyond Mars and will, therefore, need a new name. The MCT will be capable of transporting 100 people at a time and will be propelled by an engine powered by methane and liquid oxygen, the company's next-generation rocket engine. An unmanned launch is slated for 2022 with the first crewed mission expected by 2024. So what do you think they should call this new ship? Hot on the heels of the events so far in Civil War II, She-Hulk is getting a new ongoing title, but this time she's dropping the She. According to AV Club, scheduled to debut in December, Hulk will deal with the character's life-threatening injuries from the opening scene of Civil War II, as well as the assassination of her once cousin Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk, in one of the key moments so far in the 2016 Marvel event title. Maybe this book will be the first of many to drop the unnecessary monikers of some other superhero names. And finally, the first trailer for Passengers premiered this week. 
In this film, Chris Pratt's character wakes up in space 90 years early after his hibernation pod fails to keep him asleep on a journey to a colony 120 years away, but he's not alone. The character played by Jennifer Lawrence also awakens, presumably due to a malfunction or did someone or something do it on purpose. Eventually, it's up to Pratt and Lawrence to save themselves and the spaceship from a disastrous fate. So far, the trailer is getting mixed reviews, but then it's only a trailer! For more details about these stories, check out the links in the show notes of this episode of Galactic Radio or at gncasts.com slash galacticradio. Follow this Galactic Network podcast on Twitter, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us by searching for Galactic Netcasts on all the major social networks or click on the icons at gncast.com. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. And welcome to the Movie Man's Movie Minute. Today we're taking a look at Blair Witch, the sequel to the Blair Witch Project. In this one we get James, who takes his group of friends out into the Burkittsville woods to look for his lost sibling who was involved in the first Blair Witch Project. Folks, this is almost a beat-for-beat remake of the original, with maybe a little modern flair put in, but not enough to keep it feeling uh, refreshing. Uh, The main characters in here really fell flat for me. In fact, I was more interested in a couple of the supporting characters who we don't get to see much of. In an 89-minute film, it shouldn't take about 75 minutes before the really scary stuff starts. I'm all for a slow burn, but even for that, it took a long time. Sure, there are a few creepy elements along the way, but on the whole, the Blair Witch was just kind of there and made you wonder why they made it in the first place. Yes, folks, I can only recommend Blair Witch to the fans of the original. You'll probably dig it. Me, I didn't care for the original, so this one was just kind of there. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to catch more of my reviews, check it out at SpecialMarkProductions.com and follow me on the Twitter at MovieManiac3D. This is a Galactic Network podcast. Dave? Huh? Dave? Huh? Hey, Dave, what's the question? Here to answer the question on this week's episode of Galactic Radio is Anessa Moyens from the Alien Invasion podcast, Corey Scott from the Podcast of Terror, along with his co-host of the Elsners, Gregor Sprague. And this time, we want to know what fall TV shows you're all looking forward to. Anessa, why don't you start us off? I'm looking forward to Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Yeah. That looks like a fun show. Where can people watch that? It's on BBC America. It's written by Max Landis stars Elijah Wood and I didn't I don't remember who was in the other yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter somebody um, sorry I, I just I, I watched the trailer and I'm like that looks like it would be right up my alley so Actually, I'm looking forward to it on. I don't have BBC America but I'm sure there's their website or uh something. yeah the website is usually pretty good to get to with that Right, and CW's kind of updated their website, too, so it's easier to get at shows since they kind of cut their deal with Hulu. Oh, okay. I didn't know uh, what the availability of their shows would be. Yeah, I've actually been watching uh, Supergirl. Now that it's moving over to the CW, they have it on their website. Oh, they sweet. do, like, five episodes at a time, so I've been making my way through it because, you know, we don't have cable. And um, it was on, what, ABC previously? CBS. So, CBS. CBS. Or CBS. Yeah. And I'm not paying CBS any money. So CW has it on their app and I believe their website. So you can definitely check it out there. But yeah, I think the general consensus is all the CW shows. 
You can tell where. Oh, our and Luke Cage. Lie. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's like mm-hmm. taking that one out of the mix and changing it up. Then I would say Luke Cage on Netflix. When does that come out? That comes out soon, right? In September thirtieth of this month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And there is what one more series to go, and then the Defenders, right? If they're going by their original plan, they still have to introduce uh, Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist. I had his real name. I'm like Danny Rand, and then Defenders would be next. But it sounds like that's that's basically the plan. They're not going to do Daredevil season three, or Jessica Jones season two, or even Luke Cage season two, or I think even the Punisher, uh, rumored Punisher show. Before Defenders. Yeah, that the Punisher's the one that's the farthest out, I believe. Punisher, the there's a rumor of White Tiger. There was a brief rumor of Moon Knight, which would be freaking awesome. Yeah, I heard about that. They got a whole bunch of different people that they can pull in for that. All right, who wants to go next? Favorite TV shows coming out this fall, geek-related. Something that I am surprised at how much I'm looking forward to because I was never a fan of the character in the comics and I didn't read the most recent comic series that starred him. But I'm really excited about Legion coming to Fox, which means it's probably going to be canceled very quickly uh, because it looks so good. But it's from the people who did the Fargo TV series. Yeah, FX, maybe it'll stick around longer than Fox would. Yeah. But it just looks so amazing and so off the wall. It's at least tangentially related to the X-Men, but it doesn't matter because it just looks amazingly weird and off the wall and I think has the perfect kind of flavor for for what the character is because the character is schizophrenic, has multiple personality disorder, and is one of the most powerful mutants in existence. So yeah. every yeah. Every different personality is a different power, essentially. Right. To give a recommendation based off of that, the latest run of X-Men Legacy was focused on Legion. And that's actually really great. It explains his powers really well. The art is unique as opposed to the traditional Marvel way of doing things. If you want to get some knowledge before it comes out, that's highly recommended. Okay. Uh, Corey, you got something else besides that? You got another one? I mean, obviously, the things that we talked about, Luke Cage is probably the most exciting, but I will say that my wife and I really liked Scream Queens last season. It's so dumb, and it's typical of Ryan Murphy stuff, which is the characters are very inconsistent. The attitudes and the things that they kind of believe in or what make up who they are sort of change each episode based off of what they need the episode to be about. Ryan Murphy did Glee, does American Horror Story. His writing is inconsistent, but... (laughs) <laughs> it was just so stupid and entertaining uh, that we uh, were really looking forward to that coming back. All right. Do you guys mind if I go next and then... Um, go for it. Then Gregor, right? That's the order? Yeah. Okay. I keep on seeing the promos for Timeless. looks pretty awesome. It's on NBC in the States. It's the time travel one, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a crap ton of time travel shows this year, and that's this one seems the most interesting. Uh, there's another one where they there's a bunch of people that possess the bodies of a group of people in the future. That looks kind of cool, too. But this one, they actually they keep on showing the Hindenburg, how it never exploded. This one, it sounds like it's the American version, in a way, of... It was on Sci-Fi, where it was the group of people who were all criminals that went back in time and then the one 
uh, cop who came back to time capture cop. Them. Was it time cop? It came out like two or three years ago. Oh no, that wasn't time cop. <laughs> no, it, it came out two. Or three that years was ago. a while ago with Jean Claude Van Damme. And then there was the yeah. TV show Time Cop after the movie. No, this one it. it's a um, a scientist, a soldier, and history professor working together to fix the damage done after a criminal steals a time machine. Yeah, time travel is quite the theme this year because you can even count Legends of Tomorrow in with that group because that's definitely a time travel show. I just saw the the first trailer for the new season. It looks pretty awesome. I'm keeping myself completely clean on that. I saw the picture of Stargirl, and I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) But I'm trying to keep myself as clean with that as possible. Ah, okay. The other one that I'm looking forward to is the Kiefer Sutherland show where he's the the lone survivor or whatever. Oh, uh, designated survivor. Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. But those are my two of the shows that I'm looking forward to besides all the CW shows, which yeah. I love so much. I mean, yeah, like that's something we can basically say, or I can say, is a lot of these shows that that you've mentioned I'm really excited for. That's where I was glad I got to go last because I get to be like, Aside from those, I also want to do this. The two that I'm going to pick are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, because they're bringing in Batman to be the new S.H.I.E.L.D. director um, with Jason O'Mara, who, oh, who voices... I love Jason O'Mara. He's been in some of my favorite... Was he on Life, in... was... Life on Mars? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was on Life on Mars. He was on the short-lived... The Dinosaur um, Show. Terra Nova. T- Terra Nova. And here he tweeted me. He did. And, there. He did. Besides, besides <laughs> all that, he retweeted Anessa. I mean... You know, screw all his acting career. I knew um, I was retweeted. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was around the time that Terra Nova was canceled, and he was retweeting some feedback that he was getting from from fans. And someone had basically said to the effect that he was like being kind of a sore loser about it. And I'm like, it's not so much that he's being a sore loser; he's just showing that there are people out there that enjoyed the show and he like retweeted that. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, yeah, my tweet was but, read. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's cool. Cause he's either Australian or English. One of the two. Pretty sure he's and, English. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you go by Isn't the trend, Irish? Hollywood, he's, he's he, Irish. He's, he is not from America, but the, um, he had a show. He's Irish. After he, Omara. Okay. Cool, Just, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> the internet cool confirms it. I'm like, um, yeah. All right, cool. Point being, he's not American. He has an accent in in his normal speaking voice. Um, but he had so do like show. half of the people that act in American shows. They're uh, not American. He, he had. Can I get to the point here? I'm trying to make <laughs> this is enjoyable. C- continue he, doing this. He was he was announced to replace Kevin Conroy in the Batman animated movies and. <laughs> first came out with i think justice league war was the first one and then he had a tv show on usa called complications and i could not watch that show because i'm like you're freaking batman like you're you're not this character you're not this doctor who has to do these despicable things that break the hippocratic oath and stuff like that you're freaking batman to me right now so, but no, it's it's really cool. The other one that's got me excited for Agents of Shield is they're bringing in Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and it's not the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider; it's the newer uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, which was a great story. Um, they're actually bringing it back mainly because the writer uh, Felipe Smith has a break in his busy schedule, storyboarding for cartoons and stuff like that. 
and then the other one that I will mention because I may or may not have talked about his directorial debut movie on Podcast of Terror, but it's Black Mirror, where episode six is written by Dan Trachtenberg, okay. who I'm a huge fan of. And so that's really cool. I binged through all of Black Mirror recently on Netflix, and I'm like, oh, I love this show. But, you know, it's really cool. They got, like, Rashida Jones is going to be in one of the episodes. You know, Dan Trachtenberg's writing. I thought he was directing the episode, but it's called Playtest. And I'm just like, all right, October 21st. You know, too far away. You know what sucks is the earlier episodes of Black Mirror are not available on Netflix in Canada. So all we have is the Christmas episode with um, John Hamm. Which is a great episode. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. Depth. And my yeah. wife, my wife, is hooked on the show. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great show, but I can't. We can't get any more episodes until the new There's, season comes out. In one of the episodes, it's got Agent Carter, and uh, I don't, I can't think of who the who he played on Star Wars Episode Seven, um, and Domino Gleason in an episode. Oh, as, cool! Yeah, and that one, so good. All the thing I love the most about the show is the fact that it takes a look at it's Charlie Brooker uh, taking a look at our society and going, okay, where what if they go to the extreme with this mm-hmm. or that? Like one episode focused in on fame, but it's called Fifteen Million Merits, and you have this guy who inherited all this quote unquote money, virtual money from his brother, and he just goes about his life doing whatever he hears a girl sing while she's in the bathroom. And he's like, she's got a fantastic voice and buys her a ticket only for her to end up in essentially in the porn industry in there, in this universe. And so he goes extremely miserly with everything, taking the tiniest bit of toothpaste where it only takes one credit um, you know, taking food from other people after they've, you know, they've left the food on there to save up all the money, all this money he can to get on there so that he could do something to these judges because he sees her and he's outraged at how, at what she's become, at what she, they made her become instead of her being this really great singer, she's doing porn mm-hmm. sort of deal. And it's, such a moving episode all of them are great um mm-hmm. the one that's the most famous and is becoming a movie the complete history of us actually i think the black mirror white christmas hit on that a little bit too with the uh the eyepiece with john ham with how that ended mm-hmm. um it was a little bit like that as well and oh so just it brilliant all together all the show is brilliant i i love black mirror um, it's, it falls into that category of shows I wish I caught earlier. So I could have joined in on the hype that much earlier. Please subscribe to this Galactic Network podcast by going gncast.com slash subscribe. Or search iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or anywhere podcasts are offered. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Hello, I'm Gregor Sprague, and this is the pull list for Galactic Radio. These are just a few of the comics coming out for the week of September 28th, 2016. DC Comics has Batgirl number 3, Blue Beetle number 1, Hellblazer number 2, and Teen Titans Rebirth number 1. 
IDW Publishing has Dirk Gently Salmon of Doubt number 1, Image Comics has Descender number 15, Odyssey number 11, Saga number 38, and Wayward number 16, and Marvel Comics has Captain Marvel number 9, Drax number 11, Totally Awesome Hulk number 10, and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 12. This has been the Pull List for Galactic Radio. We'll see you next time. You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. Our guest on this episode of Galactic Radio is a writer and a blogger. He's the author of Children of the Different, a post-apocalyptic fantasy novel set among the varied landscapes and wildlife of Western Australia. Welcome to Galactic Radio, S.C. Flynn. S.C., hello. Hello, Dave. Very nice to be here. Thanks for coming on. And uh, to start things off, tell us a little bit about your novel, Children of the Different. Children of the Different is set in a period 19 years after a brain disease called the Great Madness killed most of the world's population. Uh, the only survivors had something different about their brains. So it's a bit of a neurodiverse uh, survival population. And 19 years later, their children, as a secondary effect, go into a coma at the beginning of adolescence that's called the Changeland. And there they go into a sort of a, a dream state where they have various adventures which have a direct effect on them in the outside world. And if they come out safely, they have extra powers developed, but they can also come out damaged. And then they're turned into ferals, as they're called, uh, who are dangerous uh, creatures that have been affected in some way. What was your inspiration to write this book? I don't want to sound too intellectual, but actually it was reading uh, Carl Jung. And his psychology goes back some years now, and that, that inspired me. The setting in Western Australia is, is from where I'm from originally, although I've lived in Europe for many years now. And the setting offered a, a wide range of climates from forests where the two main characters, who are adolescent twins, grew up in an isolated settlement, to deserts, the ocean, and many, many strange creatures that could be treated in a, a fantasy sort of setting. If someone asked me, how would you define it as in one of those A meets B? And I said, I'd probably say it's the chrysalids by John Wyndham meets Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a bit strange, but it is uh, strange and, and different like the title itself says. Children of the Different. Have you always been a writer? Yes, or at least made up things. One of my earliest memories, and there's a, fortunately a photo that supports it, is me at four years old singing in a wheat bin which is like a, like a 44-gallon drum that mm-hmm. was filled with wheat to feed the chickens. And I used to sit in there and invent stories. You know, so I'd be left alone, uh, and I'd always observe you know, creatures, including insects, and invent stories about them. And actually wanting to be a, a, a writer in, you might say, that the professional sense of writing down and getting published is something I've been very serious about for a long time, having tried the traditional publishing route with agents and so forth, I've decided to go down this self-publishing route. And it's much easier these days with the technology to get a book out there. I've come to self-publishing from many years following the traditional route of publishing. So I decided to, with this new novel, new thing for me, I'd never written about Australia before. I'd never written young adult before. My previous novels that I worked on with the agents were historical fantasy. I decided to if I was going to do self-publishing, that I would only do it if I could produce a book in all the formats that was as good in production quality as that of the big publishers, so ebook, print, 
and audiobook. So since January, I've been working with an all-pro team of uh, narrator, copy editor, artist, and formatter to produce uh, Children of the Different. That's come out this month. That's not counting the years of writing and revision that went before then. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a long process. So yes, it is easy to get a book out there now in self-publishing due to technology. But to do it well is very difficult. You also have a website. What can people find on that website? Yeah, the website, scflynn.com, at the moment has um, all the latest things about the novel. The Children of the Different Blog Tour is starting right this moment, talking to you, Dave, which I'm very pleased about. That'll be three weeks of interviews, chat on podcasts, and guest posts on various sites and blogs. You can also find there the latest reviews. Apart from that, on my blogging side, as you will remember, I had a, a long series of more than 100 interviews with bloggers, podcasters, and other genre people, including you, Dave. Yes. Uh, uh, a lot of people have told me they find that a great resource to get an insight from the other side of the internet or the other side of the voice and the podcast, people's views from the point of view of podcasters or bloggers or editors and so forth. So there's that on my site. I also like to think that the site is a, a useful source for finding sites and blogs. So I, I like to do posts where I put links that I think are useful and recommend uh, other sites. Okay, so say you found a portal that only went to sci-fi and fantasy worlds of books, movies, TV shows, video games. If you could use it only once, where would you go and why? I think I'd go to the world of Dan Simmons' novel Hyperion. I love the idea of having rooms in a house that are themselves portals and they can, when you step from one room to another, you're changing your local environment, but you're actually moving to another planet. And I guess in that world, um, I guess I'm cheating a bit as well, I would have access to all kinds of portals <laughs> and get, to, keep, to keep the game going, I suppose. That's a great answer. I never thought of uh, answering it like that. <laughs> and a great novel. A uh, real favorite of mine, as it is of many people, of course, Dan Simmons' Hyperion. I know this is not one of my questions I have prepared, but what's another favorite novel of yours? Uh, probably uh, Ursula Le Guin's uh, Wizard of Earthsea, uh, a novel I, I, I love, and it was a big influence on my style uh, as it is in, in my current novel, written for young adult. People are, are commenting a lot that it's deliberately simple and clear, but there's actually a lot going on and a lot of ideas there. And I found that with Le Guin in Wizard of Earthsea, it's an easy story to read on one level, but there's a lot to it. And she creates a fully realised world in a um, small number of pages. I was told that you're a big Philip K. Dick fan. Is there a book or story of his that has yet to be adapted to, you know, into a movie that you'd like to see done? I'm going to do a little bit of a trick with this answer. Um, one that I'd like to see would be another version of Blade Runner. I know there's the, the sequel coming up, and I love, like many people, the original Blade Runner film with a very cyberpunk sort of ethos to it. But one thing I would like to see that will probably never happen because of Blade Runner, because it was so successful, and so, such a cult film, would be to go back to the original book, do Android's Dream, and do another movie. Because there's so much in the original story that they did not use. And they introduced a lot of 
great stuff that is not in the original book. So you could do a completely different story that would take in different directions, starting from the original book and be another potentially great film. Is there a recent science or technology breakthrough that you would like to see explored in fiction? Yeah, I'd be intrigued because I personally don't understand it. And the hope that a film or story would help me to would be the quantum computer. I find the idea of this advance uh, really fascinating, but I've been unable to get my head around it, uh, how how exactly it would work. And, And given the, as we all know, the incredible importance of computing and microchips and so forth in recent years, it's gone well beyond what even science fiction predicted, if you go back a few decades. I'd be intrigued to see what a story could be done uh, something that takes that level we reach now to a whole new level of the quantum. And we're kind of running out of ideas for science fiction because a lot of the original ideas are becoming reality. Yeah, that, that is true. I suppose it's, it's part of the, uh, the the genre, I guess. I mean, I'd like to think there'll be writers in, in hard science fiction, I'm sure there are, and there will be new ones who will be able to do new things that I can't even think of at the moment. But uh, let's hope so. You said that you're a fan of classic Doctor Who. So which incarnation of the Time Lord is your favorite? And what alien species did you also like from that same period? Yeah, although it's before my time, having rewatched a lot of the classics uh, again, I've come to like the Third Doctor era. Very slightly ahead of the Second Doctor, that's a problem who as you know is affected by a lot of stories being missing although there's exciting news that animation might start filling in some gaps i certainly hope so but yeah the third doctor a lot of people find the repetitiveness of that world with the doctors on the earth with unit and everything as a negative thing i personally come to really like it i like the idea of the unit family and the interplay between the characters particularly the brigadier and the, and the doctor and the third Doctor himself is, uh, is a very good character actor, as were as was the second Doctor, of course. And from that period of uh, probably the new creatures, I mean, I love the Ice Warriors, but obviously they were introduced in the second Doctor's era. I'd probably go with the uh, the spiders of Metabilis Three because I like psychic things a, a lot, and so psychic spiders that sort of gate crash. Uh, a meditation session when I first saw that was <laughs> really, really creepy. And uh, yeah, they're just uh, great villains, including the great one, the, the, the gigantic, uh, super powerful psychic spider. So yeah, I'd, I'd go for a third doctor and the, and the giant spiders in his last adventure. Anything else that you want to talk about that we didn't cover in this interview? Just to wrap, to say that, as I mentioned before, this is the first stop on uh, the three week blog tour of, of Children of the Different, and as I mentioned before, my site, scflynn.com, gives where I'm going to be and what I'll be doing. Uh, I've got the ebook and audio book out there. Audio book uh, with a, an Australian narrator, fittingly, is getting uh, very good reviews, and the print book will be coming out soon. So, yeah, um, this has been great for me to have a, a chance to kick off the blog to talk to you, Dave, and sort of between us return the mutual favors of the the interview I did with you from my side a long time ago. It's been, uh, it's been great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. And again, what's the website address? It's uh, www.scflynn.com. 
If you have a question or comment about anything that you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, email contact at gncast.com. Leave a voicemail message by calling 805-328-3966 or go to gncast.com slash contact. We read, listen to, and appreciate all of your feedback. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Hello, I'm Daryl Johnston, and here is another article from our Sci-Fi-pedia. Space 1999 is a British science fiction television series that ran for two seasons and originally aired from 1975 to 1977. The show centres on the plight of the inhabitants of Moonbase Alpha, a scientific research centre on the Moon. Humanity had been storing its nuclear waste in vast disposal sites on the far side of the Moon, but when an unknown form of electromagnetic radiation is detected, the accumulated waste reaches critical mass and causes a massive thermonuclear explosion on the 13th of September, 1999. The force of the blast propels the moon like an enormous booster rocket, hurling it out of Earth orbit and into deep space at colossal speed, thus stranding the 311 personnel stationed on Alpha. The runaway moon, in effect, becomes the spacecraft on which the protagonists travel searching for a new home. Not long after leaving Earth's solar system, the wandering moon passes through a black hole, and later through a couple of space warps which push it even further out into the universe. During their interstellar journey, the Alphans encounter an array of alien civilizations, dystopian societies and mind-bending phenomena previously unseen by humanity. Several of the episodes of the first series hinted that the moon's journey was influenced and perhaps initiated by a mysterious unknown force which was guiding the Alphans toward an ultimate destiny. The second series used more simplified action-orientated plots. If you'd like to know more about this subject, then follow the link in the show note of this episode of Galactic Radio. This is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNcast.com. Watching, reading, playing, listening, making, I, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, N, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, G. Gregor Sprague from the Elsners, why don't you tell us what you're watching, listening to, playing, reading, making, etc. this week? Exploding Kittens. Not really exploding kittens, but uh, it's a it's a uh, card game done by um, oh I cannot think of his name. Um, but he's guy who does the oatmeal. Yeah, the guy who does the oatmeal. Um, I was trying to give him a name, not just guy who does the oatmeal. Um, uh, <laughs> Matthew Inman. Matthew hey, Inman, hey oatmeal guy. Yeah. Hey, the guy he, uh, with the oatmeal. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure he doesn't like. He doesn't really appreciate going down the road and just go. Hey, oatmeal guy. Sort of deal. <laughs> um. I would but, just go diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is a card game that is very quick. The way my friend explained it, it's a Russian roulette game is essentially what it is. There's always, or musical chairs, there's always one less 
exploding kitten card where it's a cat sitting on or laying on the warp core and it with a sign that says warning cat hair and warp core and it blows up the starship enterprise but you get other cards or action cards like attack or skip or a nope card that's a jack of nope all these different other things that you could do and then they have these regular cards that are funny and i'm not gonna lie i'm probably not the best player to play when it comes to these because one of the cards in there and it's just a regular card there's no power to it is the taco cat and he says i'm a palindrome which and is true. Just, yeah which is true it, it is true and so i'm like i, I whatever i get the card i'm like <laughs> it's a palindrome it's it's really a cute fun game and the cards are entertaining and the they also have a not safe for work version um which is also entertaining (laughs) my favorite is the the nope card with the priest given the middle finger it's awesome sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm gonna get the nsfw version now um (laughs) but no it's it's a really cool card game um it it's a quick card game like very few games that i've played that are quicker than this it takes two minutes to learn five and then 15 minutes to play and honestly the length of time just depends on how quick people play and it is a quick card game i mean you know because it's you know you have a diffuse card if you draw an exploding kitten card then you have to play the diffuse if you no longer have diffuses you out sort of deal and there's a lot of strategy I literally, the last game I played, it came down to the last card. It, it I'm like, I've never seen that happen. And I, I had only played like four games before that, but I'm like, I didn't think that'd be possible. Like you get to, oh, I lost because in two turns I'd get the card anyway, so I'm out sort of deal. And it's, it's just really, really cool. I mean, it's a fun game. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Welcome to today's applicably, applicably Galactic, Galactic App, App Reviews. Reviews. I'm Peter Fisher from the I the App That podcast from Blazing Caribou Studios, and here is today's review. Gas Cubby is a free iOS app from Fuely LLC that can track your expenses for multiple vehicles, whether they are a car, truck, or other. You can look at Total expenses for all vehicles or specific ones, as well as only fuel purchases or maintenance costs. When adding new entries, the app automatically adds the current date and time. All you need to add is the odometer reading and two of the other three data points, cost per unit, number of units, or total cost, because the app will calculate the third number for you. You can also add info on the octane of the gas, brand, location, payments used, and tire pressure. Once you have two or more fuel entries, you can turn your phone to landscape to see graphs for mileage, gas stats including average, maximum, and minimum mileage, total costs, uh, total distance, fuel cost per unit over time, total gas expensive over time, and total service expenses. All of this info can be shown for the last week, month, three months, six months, year, or for all entries. For those of you that travel across the U.S.-Canadian border, you can switch between Imperial, both U.S. and U.K., and metric units in the advanced settings. You can choose miles per gallon or kilometers per liter, and you can switch whenever you want for from one to another. Just be careful though when you're putting in your mileage that is it is in the correct units. I use this app, and even though there are paid versions with more options, this is enough for my needs, and I think you might find it helpful as well. 
If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. Thanks to Monkey Warhol for providing the theme song. Hear more of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash monkeywarhol. We'd also like to thank Blazing Caribou Studios for our awesome artwork. For more on those guys, go to blazingcariboustudios.com. Also thanks to Gregor, Corey, Anessa, Mark, Peter, Daryl, and you for tuning in to Galactic Radio. You can find us at gncasts.com slash galactic radio. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com slash galactic radio. And until next time, Galactic Radio is now going off the air. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.